0: reading was that in Athenian society women weren't really supposed to be like seen or heard really they weren't really present like that and yet you have all of these plays with very strong female characters or female choruses where they really have a voice but in society they're very quiet and yet in these plays in the plays they're really represented as strong characters yeah one reason that I was really interested in talking about Greek theater specifically with conflict Mm. is because All of these tragedies were being performed for veterans of all of these wars, and they are supposed to be a form of catharsis. Mm. Like, um, Aristotle wrote his thing about tragedy, Mm -hmm. and one of the things that comes from it is this idea of catharsis, that theater can be this way to process and deal with all these emotions in sort of like a healthy way, instead of a destructive way. Because all of of these men had PTSD, before PTSD was a thing, they knew... And theater was a way to process it. Yeah. So you get these plays about war and about the aftermath of war and it makes it a really important thing in society.
1: Yeah. Now that makes a lot of sense. And I also, I mean, what I think is interesting then kind of drawing from that is that it doesn't shy away from kind of the violence and the intensity of uh, what conflict means. Like if whenever you read any of these plays, I think it goes to kind of a, an extreme dark place that I feel like most Not most, but a lot of theater nowadays, I think, would shy away from. Oh
0: yeah, Uh, that's why they're still so good. Exactly. No, I mean that's why you can
1: really. But it's also it also is why I think that you know it works as catharsis because it takes like this these extreme emotions that you're having, you know, Uh and heightens them so that in a way that. You know, is poetic, and so you don't have to feel kind of ashamed of it in a certain way. I don't. I don't. I have no idea what Greek society was like when it comes to expressing emotions, but I know that our society is not great. No. You know, and that's why I think that Greek plays, especially when it comes to things like this, are really good because Even still, they're still yeah, exactly. Language. There are two plays I wanted to
0: talk about. I think I'll start with um, Agamemnon, mm-hmm. you and I have talked about this before. How badass Clytemnestra is. Yeah. <laughs> so this in the play itself. The basic like gist of the play is that Agamemnon comes back from the Trojan War, a hero, with Cassandra, who he has taken as a mistress from Troy, and Clytemnestra, who also has a lover, is sort of like, this is bullshit, and uh, lures them into the house and kills them both. Yeah. The backstory of it is that when the Trojan War began, Agamemnon was going to Troy to start the war. They didn't have wind for their ships. And so he takes his daughter with Clytemnestra, Iphigenia, and sacrifices her so that the gods will send him a wind. He takes his daughter and sacrifices her and sails off to war and leaves behind his wife for ten years. Comes back a hero with this mistress, and his wife is there thinking, you left me for ten years, you killed my daughter, you're bringing back a mistress, and then slaughters him in the bathtub. And it's like he thinks he's this conquering hero coming back but ultimately it's this aftermath stuff. it's the women it's all around it yeah. it's his daughter in the
1: beginning it's his wife at the end and it's also about the consequences. And I mean, consequences. The, like, the consequences are a huge thing, I think, in Greek tragedies, right? There's no single action, because Clytemnestra also suffers extreme consequences oh, for yeah. her actions. Oh, she gets killed, I think, in the next play in the Oresteia, right? No, she gets killed by her son, and then he's chased by fates for the rest of his right. life. Right, right. I mean, so nobody nobody ends up well. Yeah. And <laughs> That could be, like, the tagline
0: for Greek tragedy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: Nobody ends up well. Exactly. It's bad for everybody. <laughs> But it also makes sense. There's justice there, right? Yeah. And you have, like there's also I think a, a consciousness, I think, a lot of times when people are making these choices. Agemnot maybe not so much. I feel like he's portrayed more as kind of uh being arrogant and thinking again, the bloodlust, right? Like yeah. when we were
0: talking about it earlier. It's this it's a male thing, I think. Yeah. I'm going to generalize there, but like this like hunger for war, no matter what the consequences and are. And also glory. And glory. Like it's like
1: it's like This intense desire almost that's so irrational and it's blinds him. And and it and beyond blinds him it it takes away his other relationships, right? I mean he literally kills his daughter for it. For wind. For wind, (laughs) exactly.
0: Agamemnon probably deserves to die in the bathtub. But but like this is it's that when we were talking about it earlier this is what I was thinking about. This like blind lust for war and glory. They don't have bombs then, but like the terror of it. You think it's going to be, you're gonna, he thinks he's coming back a hero. And ultimately, like, the thing that kills him is not the Trojan War. It's his wife. The fact that he killed their daughter.
1: You know, the, it also reveals a hypocrisy at the center of the kind of masculine narrative. Because mm-hmm. the masculine narrative is that through war you gain honor and glory, right? Yeah. Neither of those things exist in true war. Because mm-hmm. people who you care about die, and that changes you, and that makes you do things that you didn't think you were previously capable of. If you're talking about, the, of like, you know, talking to veterans. Mm-hmm. I think part of the suffering that a lot of veterans talk about is that they have to go back to ordinary lives and pretend they didn't do horrific things. And I think the plays
0: are a way for them to be seen in that way and also to work through some of those emotions in a way that is just enough removed that it yeah. doesn't consume them. Yeah. I'm thinking more in terms of something like the Trojan women. Yeah. Where it's, you know, it's like facing the aftermath of war and what that yeah. and like the horrible human suffering it leaves behind. Yeah. It is a way to look at it and deal with it without looking at the real people, you know, for better or for worse. It is a way to... it's a therapy. I want to... you said something that made me want to bring up the the third one on my list, Mm -hmm. but is Antigone, Mm -hmm. because I also really love Antigone. Um, The backstory of this one, Antigone is... Antigone is the daughter of Oedipus. Her two brothers have been killed... And the king, Creon, has let one of her brothers have a proper burial and refuses to uh, give a proper burial to the other one. And Antigone decides to take matters into her own hand and bury her brother with the proper funeral Uh rites. The king gets very angry and locks her alive in a tomb, basically. And she's engaged to his son. He is doing this because this is, you know, he is stubborn. Creon is stubborn. And ultimately, Antigone hangs herself. His son kills himself. Once his son kills himself, his his son's mother, his wife, kills herself. Creon is left at the end with nothing, because of this stubborn um, adherence to his to his uh, rules, to what to his idea of honor, who mm-hmm. deserves to be honored, who deserves to be buried, um, and he's left with nothing. Mm. He wins. He you know he punishes the person who broke his rule. Yeah. But he ends up with nothing. Yeah. Uh, I love Antigone because she takes it all into her own hands and because she's not made to seem weak even
1: when she kills herself. She is yeah. always in control. Okay, so what do we think, though, about the glorification of death and Greek tragedies? Because it's there. Yeah. Like we can't That's ignore true. it. Like, like no, I'm, not, I'm not... I I. mean, I think it's also, you know, we have to take into account... This is a long, long time ago. Yes. Different yep. different norms were in place. Yeah. But um, I also think that it's interesting like specifically when it comes to women because women die a lot in they the do. great tragedies and a lot of them kill themselves mm-hmm. um and there's a i mean there's a lot there's so much violence around women and you know there's there's a lot of rape there's, there's, too much rape. there's <laughs> and the, but there's also i mean there's also like so many examples of exactly that happening where the only action that the woman has to um, regain any kind of control over her life is to kill herself. You yeah. 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 Like it is like one reason why
0: Clytemnestra is a badass.
1: Yeah, it is, no and, and I mean Clytemnestra I think is also one of the only women who executes violence. Yeah. Most of the time the women are not it's not like they're not making choices, but they aren't they're not violent choices most of the time. You yeah. know, I mean so if a deniah, for example, she basically chooses to die at the end. Yeah. And that is her choice at the end of the day. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's still... There's not that many other choices, right? It's not that many other choices, and it's still, you know, and it's still, like, kind of... A, uh, it reminds me of Antigone. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of your... There are... There's almost no way for you to reclaim any sort of agency except for this one last choice, because the only thing you have is your body. Yeah. Which you could
0: even bring comedies into this too, like Lysistrata is one I think about a lot in terms yeah. of comedies, where in Lysistrata the women refuse to have sex with their husbands until they stop the war. Yeah, which is it's not death, but as we know, sex and death are <laughs> at least <laughs> <we're laughs> poetically linked, <laughs> and um, and you know, it is the currency they have as their bodies,
1: yeah. No, and I mean, I think at the end of the day, so much of you know, especially during those times, but even now, you know, oh, yeah. the one of the only things that we kind of have control over is our bodies, and even then, that's limited, you know? <laughs> Which,
0: yeah. No, I mean, like, no, we, you're well, right. it shouldn't
1: be, it shouldn't be, but it, it is. I mean, you know, we, we, are, we, we are living in times where we still, you know, don't know if abortion is going to be legal for that yeah. much longer. I mean, like, you know, women's bodies are a battleground for both our own choices and for other people trying to take control over them, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Which is why... Not in any way thinking that suicide is a good thing, but that I think that in Greek tragedies, a, like a lot of times that that choice of suicide is supposed to be the only way that they claim agency. You yeah, know? I think for sure in Antigone, I mean, yeah, it's
0: like the checkmate that she has. Yeah, which it she's such a great character. I just want her to like be happy and live her happy life, but like, <laughs> but ultimately look like she keeps one up in Creon. Like he says, "Don't bury your brother," and she does it. He locks yeah. her in a tomb. What, she kills herself, yeah, and she drags everything he loves down with it, yeah. And in some ways it's victorious, in the other ways it's it's a tragedy. I mean, it shouldn't be the last. It
1: shouldn't be the thing. Yeah, exactly. No, and I mean, so Cassandra, who's one of my favorite characters. Cassandra's is good. I'm so glad oh, you're God, I love Cassandra. I love Cassandra, I'm, I love Cassandra uh, too. She's she's honestly one of she's maybe my favorite. I, I love her so yeah, much. Yeah, Cassandra's awesome. She's. I mean. I mean. Okay. So for people who don't know, Cassandra uh, is a prophet. Daughter of Priam and Hecuba, uh, the queen and king of Troy. She was raped by Apollo uh, because she did not want to be one of his ladies. And because she refused, he cursed her uh, so that she would have the gift of prophecy, but no one would ever believe any of the things that she prophesied. They would just think that she was insane. And that... Carries through all of the like uh, several plays, so Cassandra is present in a lot of them. Cassandra. She's in Agamemnon. She's in Agamemnon. She is in uh, obviously the Trojan Women. She's in Clytemnestra. She's everywhere, and she has has a pretty like even though it's different authors, she has a pretty solid voice. I mean, I think that there's a very good sense of who Cassandra is, kind of as an archetype and as a figure. She knows exactly what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. She goes in there saying. Uh, part of the reason why Agamemnon is going to die is because of this jealousy that she's going to feel after seeing me. Yeah. And there's this. Okay, so I have this. Uh, here she has this great speech in the Trojan Women, where she basically tells her mom, not uh, her mom is Hecuba. She's being dragged away to be a slave for Agamemnon and to be his mistress, which is another instance of rape. I mean, she gets she gets yep. raped a lot. It's yeah. not. It's it's hor- It's sure. like horrific, but she takes this moment as a moment of kind of like twisted glory because she knows that this is going to ultimately result in him dying and his house going down in ruin because she is able to see the future. And again, no one believes her. Oh. So the her her mother, Hecuba, sees her being dragged away and saying these things is just like, oh, my poor daughter. She doesn't even know what she's talking about. I mean, the tragedy of Cassandra is that. Is that yeah. She was warning people about the downfall of Troy and nobody was listening to her. Yeah. Which I think says a lot about women. I mean, like, no, but, like, honestly, I, I could write an entire book about the way that Cassandra... You know, because hysteria in women is something that is a thoroughfare yeah. you know, throughout history. Like, this idea that women cannot be trusted. And I think that, you know, as a metaphor, Cassandra works so well, well right? Because she is a woman who knows exactly what's going on. And she tries to tell people, but because of who she is, yeah. no one will listen to her. Which... I think, you know, it's very telling the way that women are treated in society. I mean, like, that—that that is um, not even that metaphorical at times. You know, yeah. the fact that women will get dismissed as insane when they are speaking truth. Still, unfortunately,
0: still in the world, this still happens. To this day. This is why these are so relevant, though. Like, it's sometimes scary how relevant these tragedies are. It's
1: also kind of upsetting. It's like, why well, It's hugely upsetting. It's hugely upsetting. So this is the last thing that Cassandra says to her mom. Um... Be thee well, mother mine, O oh, country dear, yet a little while my brother's sleeping in the tomb, and my own father true, you shall welcome me, so she's saying that she will die, yet shall victory crown my advent amongst the dead, when I have overthrown the home of our destroyers, the house of the sons of Atreus. That's the last <laughs> thing she says. That's badass. It's really badass, and it's what she says as, you know, it, it is this moment that should technically be a moment where she is feeling, you know, lost, and feeling like she is, again, having her agency taken away from her, and yet she takes it mm-hmm. and turns it into kind of her crowning glory, you know, where she is kind of laughing yeah, in the face of what people think is their victory. And that's why I love Cassandra. I mean, she is a fucking badass. Yeah,
0: like, I really love these women in these plays because they, the strong ones find a way Yeah, to take control or to take that final, like, even if they die, Yeah, even when they're left, like... People like Cassandra, like Clytemnestra, like Antigone. Like, yeah. I love these characters because they are so strong in the ways they can be with the tools they have. And the,
1: that's the other thing, though, is that... Okay, so I feel like... Um, kind of to jump into our modern culture for a brief second. Yeah. I feel like there is a, a kind of um, idea that strength has to equal masculinity. Mm-hmm. So masculinity... Or classic masculinity. So masculinity being, you know, like fighting, violence, um, and... Like, yeah, exactly, basically that, right? You know, like, uh, kind of demonstrating strength through violence. And I think that you see that in a lot of kind of the quote unquote strong female characters that we have in our modern day culture, you know, like, yeah. especially the ones that are written by men. Like, they, they, they no, but like, I think that no, they, you're like. Right. I'm laughing <laughs> Yeah, like, I feel like they take, you know, they take, like, a female character and they're like, oh, look, she beat up some uh, bad guys in z and so she's strong and I don't need to give her any other development. Yeah. But what I think is great about these female characters is that their strength comes from kind of manipulating the systems that they're in and not from dismissing their own femininity in any yeah. way. You know, like, I think that... Another toxic thing about the way that gender is treated is that femininity is treated as a weakness, you know, rather than as a strength. But the things that are seen as classically feminine can be just as strong as the things that are seen as classically masculine, you know, like manipulation, like, um, you know, uh, sexuality, like, even emotion, you know, all of those things can be strength. And I think that the tragedies show that really, really well, you Mm -hmm. know, like Cassandra takes this position... Of you know, force being forced to be like a prostitute and force or mistress, whatever, and she you know twists it into something that gives her strength, and I think that a lot of you know you see that happening with the women in the Greek tragedies over and over again, and that's something that I really like about them. Yeah,
0: it's so important. It's so, like I, I wish everyone was familiar with all of these plays. I wish I was even more familiar with these plays because they, they do resonate so deeply. Yeah, even still. Yeah, and I think there's so much. So much of what I worry about and obsess over in the news, at least in the American news, is about um, women's issues and about, like, you know, what the whitest, malest cabinet in <laughs> recent history and, like, the way people talk about women's health and women's issues and things and just lack of representation on so many levels. Yeah. And it's so infuriating sometimes because, yeah. like, it's generations and generations and generations of women's power. trying to be suppressed but like look even the Greeks knew
1: yeah the women had the power but I mean I think that also again speaking of catharsis like I think part of the reason why I like I like the 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 tragedy so much is that it puts women in possible situations that they're not necessarily going to get out of but they're still you know making it into their own and I think that like you know especially right now at this moment in time it's very easy to feel hopeless like I think that kind of we're most of us who are American, especially, are kind of, and liberal, are teetering on the edge of despair every single morning. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible to read the news every single day and not feel like you're kind of on the edge of an anxiety attack. Yeah. And, you know, reading these, rereading these tragedies and, you know, like the the horrors that these women are forced to go through are much more than anything that I've been through. Yes, of course. Um, but, the, it, again, is, is a catharsis, you know? It kind of makes you think, okay, you know, even in extremity, extremity you can you can still claim some sort of power, even yeah. if it doesn't mean that you're going to win. That's not even about winning. You yeah. Know? And the fact that so many of
0: these plays with the women take place after the conflict. Yeah. Like, it's not over when it's over. Yeah. Because there are still people who who can keep the story also, going. It's about
1: who survives, right? Who survives, you yeah. You know, like, the the guys die. They tend to. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, in war, you like, know, the, the... We should go back yeah. to
0: Agamemnon with this, like, just the fact that he, like, blows back into his house after ten yeah. years with his mistress, and it has no inkling that there is a problem. Yeah. And, like, you know, he's killed in his bathtub. Like, yeah, talk about vulnerability. Like, has no idea yeah. that his wife has the power. Yes yeah. that like the war is not over. Yeah, and he ends up, you know, being killed by his wife in his bathtub. Like,
1: sim- oh, it's
0: and he's so also, it's it's very funny. It, it,
1: it's also, I mean, like it also shows that he, you know, he he's completely unaware the actions have consequences. Exactly. Exactly. Which is again another fucking masculine thing. I think you know yep. the the entitlement. Yeah. He, I think, is a great representation of entitlement, more than almost any other of the characters, of the male characters.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I'm going to take this opportunity to make a pitch for theater. Um, Mm -hmm. So my background, uh, though I am a writer now, I was a theater major in college. I was a director. And though I didn't want to work in the theater, I am still very Mm -hmm. pro-theater. And uh, of all the art forms, it is one that, like, has a people don't go to theater as often. Like, I sometimes am reluctant to tell people I majored in theater because sometimes I think I get put in mm-hmm. a box that I never even fit in when I was a theater
1: major. Yeah, where they're like, razzle dazzle. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, but like,
0: <laughs> it wasn't really my thing. Yeah. But I think there is a place, even still in society, for theater. And I know there are groups that work to like do theater with veterans or for veterans yeah. or like give veterans opportunities to work through some of this yeah. stuff with theater. There is a place for it still, because as the Greeks figured out, it is a kind of group therapy.
1: It is, and it's also a commu- it's, like The thing about theater is it's communal. Like, yeah, people it's- are physically gathering together in a room, Yeah, and I think that's really important, right? Because like when you go to see a play... It's, it's really different than, I think, any other art form that you experience because you can palpably feel the actors, mm-hmm. you can palpably feel the, the reactions of the audience around you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like you can I still get catharsis from theater. You can still get catharsis from theater, and I think that also forming community is really important, and, it's, mm-hmm. and it isn't as hard as we think that it is, but there aren't that many spaces for strangers to meet, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is why I think you know like if you look you know if you, when you look at the way at the role that theater has played historically it's been so much of a gathering place for people, yeah, and I think it's really like it's it's upsetting to me that theater has become um an elite thing in yeah. a certain in yeah. a certain way like a theater used to be so much of kind of a public space and a public gathering right like people would yeah. perform plays in like you know city squares. Or they would be at theaters where it was, like, incredibly cheap to go or anyone could go. And I think that, like, I want us to get back to that because I think that right now... I don't know, maybe this is coming from the background of of New York, but I'm from New York. But, like, in New York especially, theater is very expensive. You know, you have to pay a large amount of money to get to go to a play. And so it becomes something that is no longer communal the way that it used to be, you know? It's not a place where you will... Meet somebody who's super different from you, probably because most of the people can afford to go there. Yeah, and that's like that's not what, that's not what I think theater should be because I think theater can be something that's so much more than that. You know what I mean? I think oh, it can yeah. be a huge connector of people.
0: Yeah, this is one reason that I ultimately decided to not stick with theater after I graduated because I yeah. was just so disinterested in making big shiny place for for very wealthy people. And there's a place for it. Like, there's amazing theater that you know, it wasn't the kind of theater I wanted to do. But what was much more interesting to me was that human aspect of it. Yeah. And, like, how much you can accomplish with very little. Yeah. In general, I'm a big believer that limitations are really good for creativity. Yeah. And, like, it was so always so good to try and make theater with as little as possible, and you can get such a big emotional reaction from it. Yeah. It's one reason the Greek plays work so well, because they're not written for um, the razzle-dazzle. You yeah. can do it, but, like...
1: Well, also, they're written for the masses, which they're I think is important. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, again, kind of going back to them being soap operas, they're, they're, part of the reason they have such outsized emotions, right, is because they're supposed to reach a ton of people. Yeah. Which I think is a good thing. I think soap operas so to get too. a bad rap. I think that outsized emotions are important, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. I think that's true.
0: There's a reason they appeal to a lot of people.
1: Exactly. And we all, like, most people need that, you know? like. Yeah. How often do you get the opportunity to scream? Not that often, but you need to, probably more than you get to. How often do you get the opportunity to, like, really cry? You yeah. know, in a group of people, especially. Yeah. Like, there's something great about watching, like, when you're, like, w- I remember watching a performance of the guy, mm-hmm. and at the point, um, not to talk about the guy, <laughs> but, <laughs> but just, look, just as an point. example. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's, you know, at the point uh, where she realizes she kills her son, mm-hmm. um, everyone in the audience was crying. And that is a magical moment, to be surrounded by people who are all crying. Yeah, I mean, It's, you know, it's, and you can't get that outside of theater most of the time. It is so special. And, yeah. like, I
0: I was also a film person. I was a film minor. Theater mm-hmm. major film minors are clearly destined to be rich and famous. <laughs> um, and there are, you know, like, I love seeing movies in theaters because you, you share an experience with the audience. Yeah. But it's different from theater because you're not sharing an experience with the performers. Yeah. It, it's still great it's still a, an emotion I love I love going to movie theaters yeah. but when you see plays especially good plays or well done plays or plays that you connect with in some way like yeah. you're not just connecting with the people around you watching it you are connecting with the people performing it Yeah. Uh, and if I think you know these plays, these Greek plays. Like the performers were probably veterans as well. Yeah. Everyone was touched by these wars.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: uh, okay, maybe not
1: the Trojan War, but whatever wars. No, well, but were there's going. a lot of wars. They had a lot of wars. <laughs> I mean, like if you look at Greek history, they they were another society that was it's constantly. Lot, and you think that long ago,
0: like it's not a distant thing. It is a you are up close to the people you are killing. So the things that every single person in this space is dealing with are yeah. shared and uh, it's a way to process it it's a way to deal with it yeah so that's my pitch for theater i really think i think it's important and i think part of um what's cool about us doing this and talking about this is it's it's a way to make it still relevant it's still relevant yeah like i read the news and i think about these greek tragedies for the scope of like you know, the melodrama of it, but, like, sometimes this is what life feels like. It
1: is, and I think, I mean, like, I kind of touched on this briefly earlier, but I think it's very easy to feel numb seeing all mm-hmm. of these hor- like horrific things day in and day out. You know, you can't, there's, a, I think there's a limit to how much you're able to empathize and how much you're able to process when something, is, especially when something isn't directly affecting you. Um, but I think that what Greek tragedy does is that, It takes all those kind of like emotions that you turned into numbness Mm. and lets you and lets them get out, you know. Yeah. Which is really important. I think especially now, you know, because like, who isn't, who isn't upset in some way, you know? Not like you know to different degrees. Obviously, like it's completely different if you if you like been through something personally, but. Even though you haven't been through something personally, we are all. I think we're all living with the like a malaise right now. You oh, for sure. Because like um, especially Americans, guys, we're at war, and you know that. You know that even if you're not trying to think about it.
0: Yeah, and th- we can th- here. We can bring it back to the women in in these plays. Yeah. Like Agamemnon comes back full of glory and thinks he's the good guy. Yeah. And look, he's still killed in his bathtub.
1: And he's still killed <laughs> in his bathtub, and it's because he did an atrocity it's because he killed his daughter i mean you
0: know the beautiful things about these plays is that they aren't so straightforward and especially something like say the oristio which is a we mentioned it earlier but is three plays a set of three plays yeah you know it it can't just be black and white because there are three plays so you know Clytemnestra kills in the first one she's killed in the second one like the person who kills her is chased by in the third one like and also all of those things
1: make sense you know Mm -hmm. i mean like all of those deaths they they feel inevitable in a certain way because they each are not innocent yeah you know like they each they each commit a really terrible crime and they each have to be punished for that and then that punishment is a crime like it's like is there a better explanation of the cycle of violence than those three plays because that's what those three plays are you know it's basically saying that there is no end yeah That's a really happy note. We should probably end this on a happier note. Uh, Women are great, though. (laughs) women are the best. Okay, so let's
0: talk about... Let's bring it back to women. What's great about these plays and about the women, especially in the plays we've mentioned, is that they force the... I don't want to say non-actors, but they force the people who aren't at the center of the war to be seen yeah. and to be active and to have their agency and to not be forgotten. Yeah. Like the Trojan women and Hecuba, they don't only, they have two plays. I mean, we're talking existent plays. There's probably a lot more plays that existed, but two still-read, famous plays. Yeah. Um, Clyde and Nestra has, you could say she has her play. I would argue she has the whole cycle. She has the Orastaea. It all takes place after the war. Yeah. Um, Antigone is not part of the Trojan thing, but like, she, she's the one. She, you know, it, she gets to be victorious with the tools she has. Yeah. All these women, they show the hypocrisy of war and of men.
1: I think also they showed that you know beyond kind of like the flash of 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 war itself, which mm-hmm. is temporary. The like at the building block level, it's a lot of times women. You yeah. Know what I mean, when when you talk to people about the way that conflict works, you know, it's. A lot of times the reason that things can keep going is because of women, you know? Yeah. It's not, like, they, they don't get the, um, a lot of times they don't get the kind of, uh, again, flash of being the people who are killed on the front, but they're yeah. the reason that someone can eat and go out to the front again, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't have conflict without women. Yeah. Um, for better or for worse. Yeah. But it's not, it's not, it, it shouldn't be dismissed,
0: you know? Yeah. I think it's always important to to elevate the stories and voices of women i I mean partially because I am a very proud feminist, but just in general, like it's so relevant, yeah beyond the flash, yeah, this is where you find that stuff, I think
1: and it's all I mean like it's about survival, right so mm-hmm. okay, so so much of the of the men's stories is about the glorification of death, mm-hmm whereas i think a lot of the women's stories are about survival i mean not yeah. all of them you know obviously klemestra dies uh, but yeah but, but she
0: survives those 10 years and i mentioned it briefly earlier she does take her own lover i mean she takes care of herself
1: yeah i know she's got she's got it together she rocks
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's got it go- i mean she's you know she <laughs> dies but she does you know but she's killed after she like gets her revenge yeah
1: no and i mean uh, same with cassandra and Cassandra. But okay, so like Hecuba, I think, is a good example of survival. So, mm-hmm. Hecuba, everything is gone. Her children are dead. Yeah. Or taken away to be, you know, slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband is dead. She used to be a queen. Her city is gone. But you read The Trojan Women, and, you know, you are left with her loss, but also the fact that she's going to keep going, you know? Yeah. And that, I think, is really strength beyond any other strength. Right, the fact that despite horror upon horror upon horror, you keep going. It doesn't mean that things are gonna be okay. Yeah, it's not that easy. Yeah, but I think that that, that is a, a like a, something that women are used to a lot of times, and yeah. in, a, in a way that men aren't necessarily. I'm mm-hmm. kind of going to go out on a limb here. Maybe go for it. But but <laughs> I think that um, I think that because we don't have the um, expectation. That life is going to be good for us. In some ways, it's easier for us to survive. You know yeah. what I mean? I th- or not easier, but it forces you to be tough before you need to be. tough. Exactly, women are gritty. You know, women are gritty. And I think these plays really show that. Yeah. And I think, and I really, and I that's part of the reason why I love them so much. You know, like they make me they, In you know, it's hard to find women who you want to aspire to in the media landscape of uh-huh. women, but these women, all of them.
0: Oh, yeah. It's one of the reasons these plays are so special, I think. Yeah. I think one of the reasons that you and I are both so enthusiastic about them.
1: Yeah.
0: These, there's not just one. Like, we just, you know... And they're, they're all different. The and they're, they're all, all different. They're all really different. They, they all have their own kind of grittiness. Yeah. And they're all survivors.
1: I love them. I love them all. I love them, too. I mean, like, Hector's wife, as well. Like, she has this amazing speech in... do you Hector in- remember Hector's wife's name?
0: I don't remember her name, name right now either. either. It's okay. <laughs> I'll look it up. But
1: um, uh, her she anyway she has this amazing speech in the Iliad right before Hector's about to go out to the battle that ultimately kills him, mm-hmm. um, where she you know at first is kind of think, you know wants him to think of their child and doesn't want him to go and then ultimately he's like no actually you should go, and you know she like there's like she has so much you know like bravery in that moment as well because. At the end of the day, it's worse for her than it is for him. Yeah. He dies. It's over for him. Yeah. She, if he dies and the city is lost, her child is probably going to get killed. Yeah. Uh, She's probably going to be raped. Um, The best she has to hope for is uh, rape and survival as a slave. Yeah. The, you know, worse is is death, but probably she won't be killed. Probably she'll be raped and forced to be a slave for the rest of her life. I mean, the consequences, I think. Okay, that's one more thing. The consequences for women is loss, right? The consequences mm-hmm. for men a lot of times is just death. It's yeah. over. But yeah. women have to deal with the with the with yeah like we've been saying the aftermath, but like also with the ongoing pain. Yeah, maybe is, that's is, why there's, there's such harder.
0: important characters in these plays. Yeah, because we've been talking about catharsis, how it's for veterans, all these things. Like the people watching these plays are the survivors. Yeah, what even if they're the men watching it, the women are survivors. Yeah, I'm sure they could. I mean, I'm just guessing. I wasn't alive in ancient. Greece but like I'm a you know they could probably relate to that yeah I'm sure that that feeling of trying to persevere yeah maybe women are actually a better uh, better representation of it
1: yeah I mean I think they're a great voice also for um for survival for loss for for dealing with the kind of ripple effect of conflict
0: yeah because
1: it doesn't just affect people who die no that's the beginning and it doesn't end when it ends yeah
0: it just keeps going I thought we were going to go, Cheryl. I think it's probably the best we're going to do, though. Yeah, I think so. (laughs)
1: All right, thank you for listening, guys. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. That was (laughs) fun.